and there were 3,000 people who were suffering from leprosy. We started to pray and Stephen in front of us, in front of us, the, their skins, right, their skins rolled down, rolled down, rolled down, rolled down, fell off and they had brand new skins. I was preaching every day and after one meeting and this girl came up and interrupted us quite rudely and she said, I hated what you said. So I said, oh, I'm really sorry. She said, yes, she says, church ruins people's lives. And Friday, she received Christ, came to faith. And that is Christine Kane. Changing the Headlines Leadership Podcast with your host, Stephen McLeish. Making the world a better place by adding value one person at a time. Impacting the world by impacting your world. Bringing you love, life, and energy. So stay seated, keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times, because it's about to blow your mind. Three, two, one, and we have liftoff. Guys, welcome to Leadership Lockdown. I'm your host, Stephen McLeish, and this is where we chat to our friends and leaders from around the world in lockdown, how they're leading through this time. Now, today I've got a very special guest, um, it's someone who travels the world extensively, reaching many thousands for Jesus. It's someone who I personally have looked up to for such a long time, and it's a great honor and privilege to have him with us today. So can I introduce you to the marvelous J. John? Stephen, thank you so much. And that's very kind of you. A very generous introduction, and it's good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. And how are you? Let's well, start it's fascinating. I mean, my wife and I, we're good. Um, our son, he's here as well. Um, and no, we've been good. What happened a couple of weeks ago uh, was that all my meetings or my uh, events or my conferences, uh, they all got cancelled um for five months wow but do you know what's amazing is that i'm busier now than i've ever been and it's <laughs> like what on earth has happened i think there's huge opportunities and so we're seizing the opportunities we're maximizing the time we're trying to make good use of the time um and it's been an adventure yeah, and I've seen you doing, um, you've been doing so many Instagram lives. I have, I have, I, I, yeah, and there's so, you, you know, Stephen, this is funny. I only did my first Instagram live last week. So we're all learning new little things, aren't we? Yeah. And, um, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, let me see if I can do this. And, uh, and obviously, you know, when you learn a new thing, you can't quite navigate, and you don't know where the little yeah. thing is. <laughs> I, the first one I did um, with a friend of mine called Alexa uh, Vega, 11,300 people tuned in. Wow. And, and I thought, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's twice the size of the Usher Hall in Scotland. Yeah. You know, like, that's incredible. So I've been doing a lot more of those and um i did erin metaxas yesterday i did christine kane who i uh introduced to christ in 1989 
Um, and I'm going to do a, a number of my friends. Uh, I'm going to do Philip Yancey, Matt Redman, Mike Pilavachi. So I'm going to just basically contact my friends and have a conversation. Amazing. That's, that's amazing. You, you, Because I, I noticed that you were doing it and I was like, J. John is trailblazing the way for Instagram Live. <laughs> it's amazing. You've got you to have a go, don't you, Stephen? You've yeah. got to, you know, and that's one of my... Um, verses are like Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 and it says this if the axe is blunt you have to use a lot of strength to chop wood mm. okay so what's the point of the proverb the point of the proverb is if the axe is sharp you don't need to use a lot of strength to chop wood so don't work harder work sharper and um, and that's that's good for all of us who are in leadership of any kind. Yeah. How can we work sharper rather than harder? I love that. That that is amazing. I love that. And so, Jay John, I've known of you for like many years. I've I've looked up to you for many years. And uh, but and I think if you don't know who Jay John is, you must be living under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> but just in case there is maybe one or two people out there that don't know you, could you just briefly tell us a bit about just who you are and what you do? Well, okay, I I'm an evangelist like Stephen is, um, and basically the word evangelist um, does two things. One, uh, we communicate what the Christian faith is all about. And like Stephen and myself, we try and do it in many different ways mm. um, to communicate the, the essence of the Christian message. And then two, we equip the church, we equip Christians uh, to be more effective in communicating the Christian faith to others. Um, and I've been doing that full time uh, for 40 years. So I, I wasn't brought up as a Christian. I came to faith when I was a student in London in 1975. And it just totally transformed my life, illuminated my mind and heart. Um, I then did some secular work, but then I went and trained, went to theological college. Uh, then I worked in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. And then I've been um, doing the work of an evangelist for 40 years. So it's been an adventure, Stephen. Yeah, I could imagine that. And so, and you said there that you, when you became, you, you got to know Jesus. I, I only know briefly how this has happened, but could you maybe just dig a bit into that, how you actually came to, uh, why you came to know Jesus, how it happened and how you became a Christian? Okay, so I, was, I wasn't brought up as a believer. Um, I, I'm Greek, my, my parents Greek. Um, so there's a Greek culture is part of religion. Uh, religion and culture are intermixed. Mm -hmm. um, but we weren't really a religious family uh, apart from Christmas and Easter. So I really didn't know very much, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and I was pretty much an agnostic when I was a student in London. And I met a Christian. And um, I would say that was the first real Christian I met and over a period of time he tried to explain it to me the Christian message and of course I didn't know what it was about so it took me a lot of time to process and to understand and then there was one particular day it was the 9th of February 1975 
and um, he showed me in the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. It's got this beautiful picture of Jesus standing outside the door of a house, knocking. And it says this, if you hear the knock, open the door, let Jesus in. And my friend said to me, he says, have you heard Jesus knocking? And I, I said, I think so. And he said, well, have you opened the door? And I said, well, where's the door? And he said, look, don't worry about where the door is. Just ask Jesus to break the door down. And that night I knelt beside my bed. First time I think I can remember praying. First time I ever knelt down. And I said, Jesus, if it's you that's knocking on my door, um, can you break the door down and come into my life? And honestly, Stephen, the light came on. The mm. light came on my heart it was warmed I mean I didn't know what that was but I knew that something had it's like shifted something had changed it's almost like uh, the sunlight came in and and from that moment on things were different I went to bed that night woke up in the morning and I knew things were different so I've been following Jesus since the 9th of February 1975 Wow, and praise God for that. And so you've been in ministry now from the result of that for over 40 years. Yes. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, do you have maybe a highlight over those? Because we want to share good news. So, absolutely. So do you have a highlight from those 40 years of your ministry? Ah, uh, well, look, you know, I, 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 I travel extensively around the UK and have done around the world. And over the last 40 years, I've had the privilege and opportunity to go to 69 different countries. And uh, so obviously you see lots of different cultures and meet amazing people. I, I think for me, uh, to your question, highlights, the first one that came to my mind when you asked the question was India. Mm. And when we went to India, went there a couple of times and uh, went to, I went to speak at this, um, it, it's not really a conference, but it is sort of a conference. It's, it's, it was uh, a gathering of 15,000 people, but they were, they were all sick. So everyone is sick. I mean, seriously sick people. And they basically go to this retreat center for a week to be ministered to, to be prayed for. And um, so I did some of the teaching day by day for these, this gathering of people. And then after you do the teaching, um, you go to different sections and you pray for the people. And I remember the first day they said to me and uh, my team, I had about a team of 10 people. They said to us, right, we want you to go to those suffering from leprosy and um, and you know your humanity kicks in doesn't it you think oh can I you know can I start with backaches first you know <laughs> or headaches so we went to this kind of uh, section and there were 3,000 people who were suffering from leprosy and I mean you could see it the effects of it over their faces and their hands um, and then we started to pray and Stephen, in front of us, in front of us, the, their skins 
right? Their skins rolled down, rolled down, rolled down, rolled down, fell off, and they wow. had brand new skins. I saw it. Wow. I saw it. I actually saw it. I, w I was there. And we saw miracles. We saw healings. We saw uh, the power of what we Christians would say, uh, the resurrected Jesus at work. Uh, and I've seen miracles and I've seen healings, not just in India. I've seen them everywhere. Wow. That's so, that's so good. And what do you think, like, because many people want to see that as well. Do you think there is a key between, like, something that happens and why some people see, because some people say they, they see miracles all the time, yeah. uh, and other people say that they don't really see any. Is it, do you think it's just the sovereign will of God, or there is a key in place for that to happen? Do you know, I, th I, I think there's more miracles and healings in Asia and Africa. And I, I think because there's a greater receptivity out there, mm -hmm. they, they don't need convincing that <laughs> Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, that Jesus can heal. And because they don't have an NHS, because they don't have medical resources, there's, there's this kind of like, well, of course, God's going to heal me through Jesus. Of course, he's going to do that. And I think sometimes we're reliant here. Of course, we're pro-medicine, we're pro-doctors and nurses, but sometimes there's limitations. Yeah. And we do need to ask for the great physician to intervene. I think it's like anything, really. The, the more you practice it, the more you have a greater expectation. And um, I'm, I always pray for sick people. Always, always. I mean, I'll... I don't think I ever speak at a meeting and never pray for people to be healed. And so I have this expectation for people to be healed. Um, and I would say, you know, push, P-U-S-H, uh, pray until something happens. And, uh, you know, what's also interesting, uh, th this man came up to me and said, oh, J. John, a, fr a friend of mine, an older gentleman and he said oh jay john please pray for me please pray for me i've just been diagnosed with prostate cancer so i said oh, of course i'll pray for you but i said listen i want you to go and take holy communion mm. but take holy communion as a healing sacrament so he was like what do you mean what do you mean and i said listen when jesus christ died on the cross he died for three things he died for our salvation he died for our deliverance and he died for our healing. So I said, when you take the Holy Communion, pray that as you take it, you will experience the healing presence of Jesus. So he was like, oh, okay, okay. And I said, now do that regularly. He says, all right, okay. Six weeks later, he comes up to me. He says, Jay John, I don't know if I've been misdiagnosed, but I have absolutely no cancer. Amazing. And I, I honestly, Stephen, I've encouraged a lot of people, if they're seriously sick, to take Holy Communion. And many of them can testify to being healed. Yeah, that is absolutely wonderful. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, every week, well, our church has been online. We have been taking Communion every week. Excellent. And I was actually very unwell for three weeks, like previously. Yes. 
and some of them were the symptoms of COVID-19. And yes. the first, the first um, service online, we decided to take communion. Um, the next day, I was all symptoms were gone. Um, so I totally am with you. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yes. I, brilliant and good to hear you testify that, Stephen. And I would encourage any listeners, viewers, you know, if you are sick and medicine can't help you, get people to pray for you, but take Holy Communion. Mm. Yeah, That's so good. And take it like never before. Absolutely. And, and what a wonderful, how wonderful would it be if we had communion in our hospitals? <laughs> and I, I think that would be amazing. We'd see amazing. such a supernatural move. Yes. So obviously we are going through this um, world pandemic. This, what they're calling is a crisis. And this uh, podcast is called Leadership Lockdown. Uh, so how do we how do we lead people to Jesus as you're an evangelist? How do we lead people to Jesus, especially while we're in a lockdown? Well, actually, Stephen, I, I've thought about that a little. And I'd say whether we're locked down, whether we're out and about, I think the principles are exactly the same. I think we need to um, communicate our faith in three ways, by praying, by caring, and by sharing. So by praying. When, when we pray, coincidences happen. Mm. And when we pray, we're holding the hand of God. We're not twisting the hand of God. And what we need to do is to hold God's hand and and pray for our family, our friends, our neighbours and our colleagues. Uh, pray uh, that the Lord will uh, illuminate their minds, illuminate their hearts, uh, give them understanding, give us opportunities, give them a receptivity. Praying. Two, caring. People don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. So even in this locked down season, um, we can phone people, we can uh, message people, we can FaceTime, uh, we can do all sorts of things to engage and connect with people. Um, I contacted a friend of mine, uh, well, it's somebody I know, but don't actually know, know them, I don't see them that often, mm. but they, they came to mind last week and I just contacted them. And they said, you're the only one that's contacted me since this lockdown. So you see, we all assume that someone's calling people, that someone's contacting people, but that may not be true. That's an assumption. Mm -hmm. And so my wife, Kelly and I, we've got this, we've made a list. Actually, it's in the kitchen. Otherwise, I'll show you the list. And we've got a list of the people that we phone every day We've got a list of the people that we phone twice a week. We've got a list of the people that we ring once a week. So we've made a commitment that these are the, this is our world. This is the people we're going to connect with. We're going to reach out to. We're going to see what we can do. And, um, you know, what can we do? You know, so like with our neighbours, um, we try and do some of their shopping the right side of our neighbours, the left side of our neighbours. 
we know other people who are who are not Christians and we're in touch with them engaging with them and they're engaging with us and it's interesting on Sunday we our church does live stream uh, the church that we're members of mm -hmm. and uh, we just said to this family who are not they're not church people oh we're running uh, a service from our church would you like to watch and they did watch it and they loved it but you know what's so funny is before you let them know you're always oh shall i shan't i oh um oh uh, you know you're, wait a minute why does why do we have to debate with ourselves whether we should let people know i mean if they don't want to they don't have to mm. but we find when you give people the opportunity they do so praying caring and then sharing and sharing is where we sow the seed seed you know in a court of law you have a witness and the witness gets up and says look let me tell you what what happened to me they don't even have to script it they don't even have to rehearse it just tell the truth this happened to me and then you have a lawyer and the lawyer takes the facts of Christianity and presents the facts in such a convincing manner as to get the jury to make a decision. So everyone who's a Christian is a witness. And then some of us, like yourself, Stephen, and myself, we're also lawyers. We take the facts of Christianity, present them in such a convincing manner to get the jury to make a decision. So when we're engaging with people, whether it's FaceTime, whether it's on the phone, whether it's email, how are you? How's it going? Has this lockdown made you think about the meaning of life? So good. You see, it's like, you know, you might say that's bait, but we've got these opportunities to throw out little hooks and get, and people will come back and go, actually, it does make me think about life. It does make me think about death. Well, have you ever thought about the afterlife? Mm. Have you ever thought about this? Have, you ever, have I ever I'm shared a little bit about what I believe? I know you think I'm religious, but can I just explain one or two things? And then also invite them, whether it's a live stream or, I mean, I'm preaching the good news of Jesus on Easter Sunday at 4 p.m. I'm gonna do a live live stream and just 20 minutes explaining the message of Christianity. And what I'm inviting everyone I know who doesn't know Jesus to tune in. You know, so I think it's praying, caring, sharing. That's amazing. I absolutely love that. Pray, care, share. That's it. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And, and, what... I, and Stephen, you know, that those three principles, whether a lockdown, or no lockdown it's the same three principles mm. so yeah. let's let's practice them now and then when lockdown is lifted let's keep practicing them yeah and so i know there's going to be a lot of people watching this that may feel a call in their life to do uh, what you do as an evangelist yes. and to go into maybe a uh, full-time ministry what would your um maybe some tips and advice would be to that person who is thinking like that just now 
okay if you if you feel like there's a a, a a kind of like a desire and a passion and a zeal and a fire within you. Now, the important thing is, is to belong to a local church. That's really important. I, I belong to a local church. I'm a member of a local church. Very important to be part of a local church. Secondly, it's very important to be serving in the local church. Serve. So, People who say to me, hey, J. John, I think God wants me to be an evangelist. The first question I'll ask is, are you a member of a local church? Two, are you serving in that local church? Now, I, I was um, a member of a church uh, years ago. And um, on, on a Sunday, they used to um, uh, go on about the, the needs that they had. Like, so, for example, oh, we need more people to help with the crash. Mm -hmm. Oh, we need more people to help with the coffee. Oh, and and I was like, oh, I can't believe it. They just go on about it every Sunday. You know what? You know why can't they do it privately rather than do it publicly in the church? Anyway, so I go another Sunday, and they get up and they say, right, sorry to say this again, but we need more volunteers. And I'm like, oh no. Not again. And we need more people to do the coffee. And as that person said that, poof, I felt this conviction. Mm. Volunteer for the coffee. So I turned around thinking, no, it must have been for the person behind me. But I got in the way. You know, I kind of tried to think that. Yeah. But I knew it was me. Anyway, at the end of the service, I said to my wife, Killy, I think the Lord wants you and me to do the coffee. Oh, she goes, pull the other one. You mean God wants you to do the coffee? And I said, well, I think he does. But I said, I'm not going to do it on my own. You've got to help me. So anyway, so I went with Killy to sign up to do the coffee. And the lady started laughing. She says, you can't do the coffee. I said, well, God's told me. I've got to do the coffee. She says, well, you're never here. I said, well, look, look, i tell you what I'll do. I'm always here once a month. So I, I, I normally, because I travel, go to church once a month to my local church because I'm away most weekends. Yes. So I said, every weekend I'm here every month, I'll do the coffee. So she signed me up. I did it for three years. Wow. I met more people. I engaged with more people. Um, serving coffee once a month than I had the previous decade I've been part of the church. You know, so we got to be serving. And just because I'm an evangelist doesn't mean I can't make and serve the coffee. Yeah. Right. So I think what, so when somebody says to me, I, I think I'm an evangelist, I say, okay, are you a member of a local church? Are you serving? Three, in what ways are you doing the work of an evangelist are you involved in an outreach team in the church in what way are you involved i want to be able to see now what about your church leaders have they identified that yes you are an evangelist and then of course you start exploring well, what type of an evangelist are you uh, you know are you a church evangelist you know 
Are your schools evangelists? Are your children's one? Are your youth one? Are you pro a proclamation evangelist? Are you this? And that takes time. But I think those early little building blocks are essential. And if you think you're an evangelist, listen to as many different evangelists as you can. I mean, now with the internet online, you can listen to loads. Listen, how do they preach the gospel? How do they explain Jesus? How do they explain sin? How do they explain the cross? How do they explain becoming a Christian? So listen to as many different people as possible. Pick up ideas, pick up methodology. And then when you get the opportunity and pray that God will give you opportunities, you develop your own kind of way of communicating the gospel. Love it. Love it. And if you think you're an evangelist, I host an evangelist conference every January in Northampton and 200 evangelists come from all over the United Kingdom. And if you hang, come to that conference for three days, you'll just, oh, it'll just totally inspire you. And you can find out about that at my website, canonjjohn.com. Yeah, and do it. Absolutely do it. Uh, and earlier on, you um, talking about reaching people for Jesus. You says that you reached for uh, you led Christine Kane to Jesus. Yes. Um, t tell us a bit about that. What what happened there? Well, I was uh, I was leading a mission at Sydney University in 1989, and in fact, it was you could call it a slight revival mm. uh, because the indoor auditoriums were not big enough to accommodate all the people that wanted to come so we had to move them to the outside and we were getting around 4,000 students now that is remarkable and I was preaching every day and after one meeting someone was asking me a question and this girl came up and interrupted us quite rudely and she said I hated what you said so I said, oh, I'm really sorry. She said, yes. She says, church ruins people's lives. I said, oh, I'm sorry you feel that. I said, have you got any time? And she's like, what do you mean? I said, we've well, got some time. Let's go for coffee. Anyway, I'll speed up the story. She said, okay, we went for coffee. Uh, and that was on a Monday. I said, come and hear me Tuesday. And then we'll have a coffee. And she was reluctant, but she came. We went for coffee. Come and hear me Wednesday. Again, she wasn't very, didn't want to commit, but she came, we went for coffee. Come and hear me Thursday. Okay, I'm coming. We went for coffee. Friday's the last meeting. Come and hear me and we'll go for coffee. And Friday, she received Christ, came to faith. Uh, and that lady is Christine Kane. Wow. And I sometimes say, Stephen, there, you know, she heard, she heard the talks. But I think with Christine, she needed the five coffees. Mm. Not the coffee, <laughs> yeah. but the five one-on-ones. And I, and I think that, you know, she's, Christine is Greek. I'm Greek. And I think there was, um, there was a bond mm. because we were Greek. Um, I, we spoke in Greek. I understood Greek culture. So I think, you know, she was blown away. One that, I was a preacher who was Greek <laughs> and I think God used that and used those five coffees mm. to help her 
in her journey of faith. And then she just, and she's a little dynamo now. <laughs> I mean, she's amazing. I, I spoke to the other day. She's just amazing, thriving. So, you know, who knew that back in 1989, I'd only been in ministry nine years. I sowed some seed at Sydney University and she's one of many that came to Christ. Wow. That's, that's so good. And it just shows you that just putting those little seeds in, how far they can go. Definitely. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. And so, but J. John, how, how do people that, uh, if they're not already um, following you or in touch with you, how do they get in contact with you? Just... Oh, thank you, Stephen, for uh, again, having me on and asking that question. Look, I, I write articles um, and I'm currently writing one a week, every week. Mm. If you want to receive those articles, uh, go to canon, C-A-N-O-N, jjohn.com, and you can sign up for my articles, and you might find them helpful. I've written a number about what's happening at this time, and um, so that might help you. Um, and then on social media, I'm canon jjohn, and um, also, if you want to get any resources, um, please look at my website. Um, there's all sorts of books on Jesus, the Ten Commandments, on evangelism, that again might be of help to you. Thank you, Stephen. No problem. And hey, John, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Can I say a prayer? Let me pray. Yes, of course. Lord. I pray for Stephen and I pray, I pray for him what Jabez prayed, that you would bless him indeed, that you would widen his influence, that your hand would be upon him and that you'd protect him from evil. And I pray for anyone listening now who needs a healing. I pray for your healing balm. I pray for health and wholeness. I pray where there's been any infection, disease, sickness, that it will flush out of their bodies. Where there's been degeneration, we pray for regeneration and restoration. So we speak healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord God, that you'd help us all in our journey with you. May we experience the peace of the father the presence of jesus and the power of your spirit bless us so that we can be a blessing to others amen amen stephen amen. thank you for having me on all the best with what you're doing keep it going yeah and you too thank you so god much god bless yeah. bye, bye.